Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This podcast was brought to you by Dragon Shield. Check out the affiliate link down below to help support the show. Welcome to the Play to Win podcast, where we talk about winning in CEDH. I'm Cam. I'm Dylan. And we're back once again with the whiteboards because we had so much fun with them last time. And what we're going to be talking about and rating today are going to be advantage engines in CEDH. Yes, specifically the cards that say when an opponent, blah, 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 you get to blah, blah, blah. Yes. These, These cards are really good in Commander, specifically in CDH. I don't really know what else to call them besides they're just advantage pieces. Advantage engines. I like the term engine because they typically will gain you consistent value throughout the game because they're all cards that let you do X when your opponent does Y. Yeah, and these ones are specifically very good because there's only the one-time investment and they pay you back further and further as the game progresses. They're a great tempo move. They're wonderful in so many different ways, and we're going to talk about all the best ones in CDH. Some of them we'll find will act like stacks pieces, but others will provide more of a tempo advantage. It's just really depending on what the the words on the card are and the exact kind of advantage you're getting from them, whether it be mana or cards. Yeah, those are the two big ones. There's some other advantages you may gain, but mainly card advantage or mana advantage. The only other thing I want to say about these is that the reason why these are so powerful is because unlike in 60 card formats you have three other opponents that can all be triggering these effects to allow you to accrue this advantage so it really helps you and we're gonna start (laughs) with the list period (laughs) it really helps you period it really helps you because of the first part exactly right into it let's begin (laughs) all right so uh the first card that we're going to talk about is going to be really one of the only commanders we're going to be talking about so i kind of want to get that out of the way Krom, Ludovic's Opus. Yes, one half of Blue Farm, arguably one of the strongest commanders in our format. This card's great. It draws a lot of cards throughout the games. Every time an opponent casts a second spell, it's going to come up a lot of times. It's going to be very helpful in counter wars. It's going to be very helpful in interaction. Krom is also a 4-4 flying haste beater. We all know. We don't have to spend too much time talking about why Krom is good. It's a good card. It's great, yeah. Sometimes if it doesn't draw you cards, it's going to act like a rule of law effect, which is preventing other people from progressing. So it's kind of a win win for you even if it doesn't feel like it the only thing that's kind of bad about chrome is that draw is necessary so if there's like a thassa's oracle on the stack and you have no library someone casts a second spell they can force you to draw a card and that would lose that would kill you you would die because of that so yeah that's happened more than once yes kind of ironic that the best deck in cdh has a direct uh it doesn't work with the win condition and i think that's kind of funny well there's another card that we'll talk about that will also (laughs) fuck you over in that 
consultation setting too. So how are we rating these? Are we rating this on just like uh, we're gonna rate it on a scale of one to ten, right? Yeah. Ten being the best. And we're because all of these cards they, they kind of do different things. Yeah. So do we want to give them a rating on just how good of a card it is, or are we trying to rate it based on like all the advantage pieces? I think we should rate it based on each other. Like if I could choose one of these to have on the like in play on the play, that was gonna be my ten. I Which one of these would I rather have in play? Yes, I think that's on the average. rating. Yeah. Okay. On average. All right. Well, on average, I like Crom, so I think Crom is going to get a, a pretty high rating. Let's give that. it our arbitrary numbers that will matter to no one but ourselves. I will start things off right here. Do you have an, Do you have it written down already? I have it. I'm just going to add some artistic value to it. Me too, because mine looks really bad. So I wrote what the number is just in case you Ooh, can't tell. Oh, very it smart, is. very smart. Ready? If you look at mine the wrong way, I I might have to censor this. Excellent. Do you, oh, oh, what does that mean? <laughs> Nine. Okay, you rated pretty high. I rated it pretty high, yeah. I mean, it is half of the best deck in the format. Yeah, that's true. That does make sense. The only reason why I rated it a little bit lower than otherwise is five mana is a lot for an advantage piece. It's a that's little bit true. It's a little different that this one's in your command zone most of the time. All the time. Never yeah. not in your command zone. It's you know what I mean? But still, five mana is can be kind of a lot. That's the thing. What sucks about some of these other advantage pieces we're gonna talk about is that they're not in your opening hand one hundred percent of the time, even when you want them to be. But Crown being able to do that for me, like I, I I just weighed that a lot. Totally. That 100%. That makes sense. I get that. So that means that Krom's total score is 7 plus 9, which is a whopping 16. Which also means that out of all of the advantage pieces we've talked about so far, Krom is the best one. Well, that also means that Krom is the worst one, too. Right, so. I'm rather unfortunate. I cannot believe that. Out of this entire list, Krom is the worst advantage piece we've talked about so far. So far, yeah. Do you want to talk about a card that's worse than Krom or let's, a card that's Let's increase than the sample size. Let's talk about one card and we'll decide if it's better or worse. In the midst of talking about it. Okay. Let's talk about <laughs> Fairy Mastermind. Okay. I think enough time has passed on this card where I think it's safe to say it did not break CEDH the way that a couple people might have exclaimed so. when it was being previewed. But We didn't have to say what Krom did. But should we mention what this one did? I feel like there's been a couple of blue fairies that draw some amount of cards recently. Maybe since it's a podcast. I don't That's know probably a good idea. Yeah. For those who are driving and can't just look at your phone. Yeah. Don't look at your phone, please, if you're driving. Uh, fairy Mastermind is one in a blue for a 2-1 creature fairy rogue with flash and flying, and it says whenever an opponent draws their second card each turn, you draw a card, and for three in a blue, each player draws a card. So it has a lot of text on it that's really good, and in a vacuum, like, all these abilities are excellent. It says draw cards whenever your opponent draws their second one. You don't have to commit to this on your turn. You can leave up Mana Drain or this, and then do this if you don't have to interact. So I, in, in theory, I really love this card, but for some reason, like, when it's in play, it's only drawing me a significantly smaller percent of cards than I would have assumed that it would have. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, real quick, I also want to mention this this one is another one that can blow out Thassa's Oracle, although that will come up much less often. Also, is it a may? Is the draw that you draw a may or is it a must? No, it's a must. It's a must. So this one, if you're doing the Thassa's Oracle and someone draws a second card, they can script your Thassa's Oracle. Yeah, which is really sad because I do kind of like this in Timna decks, just like another evasive Timna attacker that can draw you additional cards outside of that. Kind of nice. Yeah. But my new thing now is one toughness creatures, especially one toughness advantage engines, I'm I'm really souring on because of Orcish Bowmaster now. Yeah, it's kind of a shame that one card can do that. Or not a shame, I shouldn't say a shame, but just that's something that happens when a powerful card like this enters the format that we have to kind of just take a second look at some of the one toughness creature, and I think that's fair for this one. Yeah, and be like, I don't need to prioritize this. Maybe there's other cards on this list that I'd rather play instead. That being said, I, I think this one's been powerful. I've been playing a lot of Thrasios decks recently and this one seems to be very good against thrasios decks in a advantage piece world this card gets better and better the more ristic studies and crowns and esper sentinels and things that we'll talk about today um are in play the better that this card gets uh, so I just think that's also worth noting. I am giving this card a six. This one's a five for me. Oh okay yeah I think that's very fair. I, I have been medium on it and I guess this is a little bit more than medium but it says draw cards on it. It's better than some effects. Yes, it definitely. It's it's definitely playable for sure.
Speaking of Orcish Bowmaster, do you want to go over that one next? Yeah, that's kind of that's an advantage piece. That is an advantage piece, yeah, because it says when it enters the battlefield and whenever an opponent draws a card except for their first one on each of their draw steps, Orcish Bowmaster deals damage to any target and you get to amass Orcs 1. Plus, this thing is Flash, so it's just busted, we've seen. Yeah, this one doesn't give you cards and it doesn't give you mana, but it does give you a way to end the game, which is really good. It also gives you a way to clean up the board state. It gives you advantage by removing cards that your opponents have already played and already spent mana on that's what i was gonna say like the advantage that it gets you is card advantage in the form of creature removal yeah it has to be set up very specifically and you know your opponents have to play into it so a lot of times effects like this will just end up being a stacks piece more than anything else but when you have a mystic remora when you have a Ristic study it's hard to turn down that card when you have two and three toughness creatures in play so yeah and the biggest thing that i like about this card is it actually ends the game like it's also it can be a win condition which a lot of advantage pieces that's their one fault is they gain you that advantage but they don't actually make you win the game they still have to make you find the pieces and help you get to the win. But this one, eventually you're going to have a 2020 and you're going to be able to just crash in for the win. So I, I like Orcish Bowmaster a lot. It's new, but it's been super promising so far. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to give it an eight. Ooh, I'm giving it higher than that. For me, it's a 9.5. Wow, This yeah. one's really, I think it's really just, I think it's an auto-include in every black deck right now. It's ability to also just like ping stuff off when it enters. We've, we've talked about it a bunch already. It's been in a lot of games that we've played recently, and it's made, a, I think, a huge impact in all the games that we play it in. So the only reason why I'm not giving this a 9, I thought really hard. I, I had 9.5 in my head about it too. Because this is not getting you cards, because this is not getting you mana, there are times where the advantage you're getting is kind of... Just like measly, for lack of a better word. I don't yeah. want to make it sound like I'm not grateful for a plus one, plus one <laughs> counter and sure. a damage sometimes. But like when I'm hitting a Thrasios Bruise player in the face with the damage, just because like once a turn someone's getting the extra thing, like I don't feel it doesn't feel as good as well, I'm, I'm having other things that are triggering multiple times that are actually getting me farther through my deck. So. Yeah, yeah, that definitely makes sense. So that that's the only reason why. But Orcish Bowmaster is a, an incredible staple and something I'm very happy for to see I, I think also another reason why i'm a little bit jaded on is because like i said i've been playing some more thrasios decks recently and orcish bowmaster is just really good against thrasios decks you it's can't, so you funny can't do your main thrasios. strategy yeah. and not only can you not do your main strategy but you also can't win because if you try to draw your deck with thrasios bowmaster will just kill you so i know and also check out this past children video if you want to see a phantasmal image on an orcish bowmaster that's when this shit really pops off yeah so. <laughs> All right, so that's a total of 17.5 for Orcish Bowmaster. Very respectable score and our best advantage engine that we've talked about so far. I agree. Why don't we stay within the Lord of the Rings section of okay. the podcast here? And Lotho, Lutho, Lo Loho? Lotho. 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 So none of Super my three easy. ones were Super right. Super easy. <laughs> Lotho's a new one. I really like it a lot. It's very similar to another card that maybe we were talking about at some point today, Monologue Tax, I well, think. Well, let's start off with one, okay. and then we'll talk about Actually, Great. no. We'll do we can do both i feel like we maybe what does lotho do so it says whenever a player casts their second spell each turn you lose a life and create a treasure token now this effect is on a black and a white 2-1 legendary halfling rogue one thing i really want to make sure that we emphasize is whenever a player yes you, you can trigger this yourself which is not true for many advantage pieces can't Mo do that with crom yeah many of the stuff that we're talking about today you can't do anything to help trigger yourself this one you can actually build your mana on the things that you play um, Lotho is just, for that efficient rate of just two mana, this is such an efficient mana engine, I think. It really is. It reads kind of innocuous. And like, you lose a life too? I don't know if right. I want to do that. Who cares? But yeah, it really is a big who cares scenario. Yeah, a lot of times this is going to, I feel like, make you two to three treasures per turn, sometimes more than that. Sometimes less, sometimes it'll just make you one, but it's almost always going to make you one. And at that rate, it's similar to like an Arcane Signet that can have boosted versatility. Um, that's definitely something that I'm willing to play. Like an Arcane Signet with way upside is really good. If this thing can essentially be free and threaten to draw me a card with Timna, I'm already happy. So with that being the floor, I think it's already pretty good. That being said, I don't think it's the best card that we got from Lord of the Rings for CEDH, like I think a lot of people think, um, but it's still a, a very helpful piece here. Yeah, definitely it's better than was originally projected to be, but I think as we've seen it, I still like cards like Orcish Bowmaster and the ring a little bit more. Yeah, me too. The one ring. Is that on our list? Are we talking about that? No, because that one doesn't have any... If your opponent does this, then do this. I guess that's true. 
It feels like it's in the same vein. The One Ring is an advantage piece, but our advantage engines that we're specifically focusing on are this. If we were talking about all advantage engines, then Ragavan would be back on the list, yeah, I would say, because true. it does help you see some additional cards yeah. and get you These more mana. These are specifically when an opponent does the thing that yes. you get the reward. That's what we're talking about today, so we won't be talking about the One Ring. Or Ragavan. Right. Cool. I gave this one a 6.5. I gave this one a 7. We're talking about Lotho, right? We're yeah. talking about Lotho. Yeah, yeah. a 6.5. I gave Krom a 7, I think, and I think Lotho's a little bit worse than Krom, but Lotho's still very good. I like cards more than I like treasure, and I can use Jewel Lotus to cast Krom. So that's why I gave it a 6.5. I had to do math in my head, and it was really hard. All right, and you wanted to talk about Monologue Tax because it does something very similar. It does something similar to Lotho. It is one additional mana worse. It is And in fewer colors, though. Fewer colors, better. It is an enchantment, both worse and better. It is a little bit harder to kill, but it doesn't get any of the bonuses of being a creature will get you in the typical Timna style of decks. And it's harder, it's easier, actually, to counter. So that's also a downside. That's probably true. Um, another issue with it is it doesn't trigger off of yourself. That is a, an issue. That is the biggest downside. The card is close, but I just I'm most often not quite good enough. But I just think it's worth talking about because it, it does like a similar thing to Lotho. Yeah, with no downside technically, but the downside is that you can't trigger. There's so much more downside. Downside is that it stinks. Yeah, it's it's not written on the card that make it super obvious, but it plays very obvious. Then. Yeah, it's just it's a little bit underrated, and for that reason, I give it a measly two. It needs to be a floor to know how good the ceiling is. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to give it a one. Not bad. Really, because I didn't erase my seven and I needed to turn it into something low. And low color decks, this card is probably fine. In casual, this card is awesome. I don't like it. I do think this is a good casual card. Yeah. Because it's one of those things that everyone's going to feed. No one cares in casual. Oh, yeah. Most of these cards, I think, are normally great in casual. I don't play them a lot. I don't play like any of these in casual. Yeah, they're just too generically good. They don't ever fit a theme, and I play them so often in CDH. That I don't need to play them in casual. Right. Go watch our casual podcast if you want to learn more about how we play casual. Yeah, although I've changed my opinion on this since then. I don't do combos in casual anymore. I've changed how I view it. My world will have to do an update at some point because my worldview has been rocked. Oh, we will. Maybe we'll do like a yearly check-in on where we're at with our That's casual thing. Great idea, Cameron. Let's write that down. Speaking of casual. Give it to me. We're going to talk about a card that I really only see there. Okay. Burgeoning. Burgeoning, yes. Burgeoning. What a bonkers casual card. I love this card in my casual AC deck. Yeah. This card is phenomenal. Real quick in CEDH, it gets a zero. You give it a zero. But in casual, it gets like an eight or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think I probably almost agree with that. I want to talk about this one just because it is another when an opponent does X, you get to Y, which is, I think, pretty cool. This one, I think, is kind of underrated. Most CDH decks are running less than 30 lands now, so it's just very rare that you're going to have another land, but... If you're playing a bunch of these effects, you're going to end up with more cards in hand than you want. Maybe burgeoning is helpful alongside of a rustic study. I don't know. Kind of in my head in this theory of this like heavy land Tatiova style CDH deck, something like burgeoning could be really good. So not only not so though, bad. do you need to be playing 35 plus lands for burgeoning to make the slightest amount of sense, I think, but your opponents also have to be playing lands consistently. Yeah. So that works great in CDH on turn one and turn two. And then after that, there's a lot of decks that start to get stuck because they're playing more mana rock so they're not too worried about their land count so i think it's it's relying on you making your deck probably a little bit worse depending on what your strategy is in a cedh environment and not being able to maximize on its ceiling at the same time yeah here's my thought on it not being good in the late game if this thing triggers twice it's soul ring if this thing for one mana ramps you two ahead well technically well it's, yes it's and <laughs> no, because you were going to get that mana anyway, and but then it, it technically yeah. it technically fizzles away, whereas Soul Ring would have stuck around and continued to make you two more mana than you were getting. Fair. So I would say yes, but the answer is no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but actually no. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a one because I have a hope and a dream, although I don't see it in CDH. I think it could see more play. What's your casual rating for it? Like a fucking ten in the right deck. In AC, the card is unstoppable. It's like oh, one of yeah. the best cards in the deck i'll pick this land back up and i'll put it back down right, and then i'll yeah. pick it back up and then i'll put it back down <laughs> yeah it's so good especially with the, you know, the bounce lands and stuff yeah it can be really really broken but if you're playing i'm playing 44 lands in that deck like it's just gonna trigger all the time but in cdh 
not as much. 44 forests, 44 islands, 44. I want to go up to 55 lands just so I can say that. 55 lands. That's the name of the deck. <laughs> just 55 lands. Oh man. All right, let's move on to a better card. Maybe. All right, let's talk about let's talk about one of the the best cards in all of EDH and CEDH. Ristic Study. Oh, I know it. I'm giving it immediately. Yeah, me too. If you didn't give this card a 10, a 10. you've never played a game of Commander, yeah. in which I'd highly recommend playing. How it's are a you, fun why game. are you listening to this podcast? Yeah, why How did you fun? get here? Yeah, Mom, please try out the game. Ristic Study is great. It is, what's the term? It's what all of these attempt to be. It's it the best the one. It is quintessential. Quintessential is a great word. It's the, it's the original, in my opinion. It is the card that does this the best, that they've tried to recreate a thousand different ways and doesn't get there. The reason why it's the best is because three mana for this rate is really, really good. There are three opponents that you have as well, so there's three people that are triggering it on every single spell that they cast. It triggers on every spell. That, that's what I was going to say, but you said it. Sorry. Fuck! Yeah, well, it's not It's not like they didn't know that. It's Ristic fucking study. Yeah, we don't need to explain what it does. The card's Should I read it? It stays forever. It draws you a ton of cards. If anyone gets lazy, it's the best card in the world. Otherwise, it taxes them, which is also good. The card's really powerful. Ten. Yeah, yeah ten. ten. Definitely a ten, yeah. Well, while we're on the subject, we're just going to talk about Mystic Remora. Yeah, this one, I go back and forth on if this is as good or better than Ristic Study. It really depends on the meta. On the day, really. And how the day. I feel and what turn I'm, what I'm on. And I'm going to give it a 9.9 9.5 9 for me yeah, yeah okay. shit hold this up this is just under a six study because sometimes this can do nothing your opponents can wait this out if you're playing it against an Agila and a Silvala and another creature deck they can say hey everyone let's just I'm good to just play mana dorks in these first couple turns everyone agrees and then you just spend six mana over the course of your turns to do nothing that can be really bad. Ristic Study will almost never be really bad like that. Did you mention that you have to... I zoned out for a second because I was trying to do math again in my head and make sure that 19.4 is the final yeah. score. Yeah, no, it's totally fine. Do you have a calculator? Did you... Who, uh, well, yeah, there's one on my phone. There's one on my laptop. I have like Maybe six just at have my it disposal. Out. We can just like have it out. I already have to type the numbers that they end up being and then I'm... You have to have it twice then. That's exhausting. Yeah, never I, mind. Yeah, it's actually like three times the numbers that Fuck I have it. to type in then. Yeah. Don't do that. Just guess what so the numbers did you talk about how Mr. Grimora also you have to pay for it all the yeah, time? Yeah, it, it every doesn't stick turn. around. It can be played around. Your opponents can play around it. They can just, all your creature opponent decks can decide we're just going to play Mana Dorks instead, not do anything. So it I have nothing to add. You said it all. I think I said a decent amount. All right. Yeah. 19.4 is the final score for Mystic Grimora. And we're going to stay on the subject of um, Mystic Buddies and the Fish Stick. Right. We're going to talk about Esper Sentinel next. Great transition. Love it. This is very comparable to Mystic Study. Mystic Remora and Ristic Study. Mystic yeah. Remora. Pros of this one. It can be found off Ranger Captain of Eos, which is a very common play pattern. You They're can stapled our, together. Check our most recent gameplay with Baby Jeebus and Mike from Playing With Power, where this happened. It happens in a ton of games. Ranger Captain is your protection. Esper Sentinel is some card advantage to help get you there. It doesn't trigger quite as much as some of the others. It can be played around because your opponent can pay for it, and they can... Just not that you know. It's easily more played around, um, but the fact that this one is just one mana, never goes away, can trigger off Timna. Esper Sentinel is so 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 good. Yeah, we kind of forgot to keep up with the card rating here, but yeah, what it specifically says is when your opponent casts their first non-creature spell of each turn, you get to draw that card. So when you were talking about playing around it, that's what that is. You just play out your mana crypt, you pay for it, and then now you, the rest of your turn is unlocked. Who right. cares about it? It does have kind of the best of both worlds with. Mystic Study and Mystic Remora because you can play around it like Mystic Remora, but it sticks around without an upkeep cost like Ristic Study. So, like I said, kind of the best of both worlds. I give this one an 8.5. Really 8 .5. solid. I think it's a, a CDH staple. Almost all white decks are going to be interested in trying it out. I think it's a, a great, great card. I'm giving it a 9, and I think I'm going a little bit higher just because I'm considering the fact that this is a white card doing this, that this really kind of pushes the CEDH meta in a better direction like because white has access to this the format's just better because now more decks can keep up with the advantage that other colors like blue get 100 this in non-blue decks is a much bigger upgrade than it is in blue decks because white doesn't have this effect so yes you give it an 8.5 so i give it an 8.5 so 17 
5.5 to total for that. Excellent. That sounds about right. What card do you want to talk about next? You got the list. You tell me. Pick a number one through seven. Seven? That's the number you picked? That is it. Let's talk about Smuggler Share. Smuggler Share. This card stinks. What does it do? I was just going to look it up because I don't remember everything (laughs) that it does. This is two and a white for an enchantment that says at the beginning of each end step, draw a card for each opponent who drew two or more cards this turn, then create a treasure for each opponent who had two or more lands ETB under their control this turn. This one's really good. I just think spots are stretched thin, and it's hard to find room for a card like this when there are just so many powerful cards in CDH. I really like this. I want it to see play, but I always just end up cutting it. It's normally like my 104th card that I have to just start trimming down when I need a 99. Again, I think this is one I could give like a separate casual grade to. Definitely. Because this is one that, you know, it's the land thing for me that like in casual, that's going to happen so much more. But the only time that you're going to have someone have two or more lands enter the battlefield is if they have a fetch land. And that is not high enough for me to warrant playing like the the second half of this card in the hopes that i get a treasure right yeah it's just three mana for this unpredictability is not really where i want to be this type of effect i want on a two mana creature with a body which there are some that do very similar things to this the three mana making it be able to do both i just haven't found worth it yet it also really sucks that you don't get the card right away yes like you have to wait until the end step all these other cards we're talking about you get the card the second something hits the stack so you have a chance to draw into a counter and prevent something from winning the game. This card can't do that. Honestly, that's a very good point. A main reason why a lot of these cards are so good is they help you in the stack. They help you as the stack is increasing. They help you on the stack. That's where CDH's most important moments are. And this one just says, I can't help you now, but I'll get you at the end. You're like, I'll be dead then. I need it now. I don't want it at the end step. It's like when your friend shows up to the airport 45 minutes late. Yes, yeah, that's not helpful. <laughs> I'm already in the Uber. Don't get, go home. Yeah, all right. So because this is a CEDH list, I'm giving this card a one. I gave it something really high. I'm going to give it a 2.5. A 2.5? Yeah, I just because I think it's close, but I still, anything under like a, a four is like unplayable to me. That's kind of the thing, right? Like, I don't know where I would see this, so anything. Right. Might anything. as well be a fucking zero. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, let's talk about some good cards. Yes. Let's talk about Notion Thief. Oh, yeah. This is another one toughness creature that has been uh, less on my radar recently because of the dreaded 
Orcish Bowmaster. Yeah, so this one is another Flash creature. It's a 3-1 for two, a blue, and a black. And this one says whenever an opponent draws a card that's not the first that they draw for turn on their draw step, instead, you draw that card. I think this one was also kind of one of the first of its kind. There were a lot of repeat offenders that are similar. Notion Thief copycats. There was, what's his name that got banned? There was Alms Collector, oh, sure. which is yeah, a cat. Alms that's not the one you were thinking of. You no. were thinking of Hull Breacher, which Hull Breacher. prevents the draw, makes you treasure. There's Narset, who just prevents, prevents most of the draws. Except for the first one. Yeah. Notion Thief is great. I like to think of it as a soft win condition. Your opponents effectively have to stop it, but it doesn't it doesn't lose you the game. So it's you can kind of like force re removal and interaction out of yeah. your opponent's hand for it. Notion Thief and Windfall is basically Thassa's Oracle Demonic Constitution. Effectively, that, yeah, I consider that one a win. Um, the issue with it is it's fragile. It's only one toughness. It can be really used against you. It can be Gilded Drake, Consecrated Sphinx can fuck you up. That's I have found that issue over and over with Notion Thief is it's just used against me, and I don't really love that about cards in CDH. I don't want my cards to be used against me. I want them to be all powerful. But yeah, at one point, this was... One of the pinnacles, I think. Lately, I've, I yeah. read a little bit less. All right, so I think it's going to make the rating for this card very interesting because, again, I'm much lower on Notion Thief right now because of the prominence of Orcish Bowmaster. And honestly, I don't know what it would take for like that to flip-flop. As long as Bowmaster's in the format, I'm going to play Notion Thief less. Yeah, I get that. That being said, it's awesome. 6.9 for me. And a 7 for me. Basically the same. Basically the same, The yeah. ceiling is just too high. Like, what it can do, not many of these other stacks pieces, not many of these other advantage pieces can, like win you the game in combination with another yeah. card see this the, one can the problem with bowmaster is you wheel you deal 21 damage and then another then two players are still alive and then you have to win but they still have cards in hand right you drew 28 cards after your notion thief wheel and nobody has cards in their hand right yeah it's so easy it's so difficult to lose from that situation um unless you're already like just dead on board that, that the ceiling is just yeah like i said too high yeah 13.9 for notion thief i think is a very fair rating there while we're on the subject of wheel payoffs smothering tithe is also a wheel payoff but instead of you getting the cards this time it's on a four mana enchantment that what says whenever your opponent draws a card if they don't pay two mana you get a, tr a treasure yeah this one doesn't get you the cards which makes it a little bit less with the wheels it doesn't actually win you the game but it gets you so many treasures if you get a wheel off with this one i like that it can be exploitable with cards like wheel of fortune it also effectively although it's four mana it basically pays for itself if you get it out early enough opponents are not gonna be able to pay for it and you're gonna get those treasures right back very soon i like smothering tithe a lot more recently i've been playing it a lot i've been kind of like mulliganing aggressively to find it in some of like my attraction list and stuff like that and it's super helpful you can go down super low and with an early smothering tithe really get back into the game it is kind of funny how your two main decks that i've been seeing you play mostly now have been like very prominent smothering tithe decks yeah. like tracks are like you mentioned big fucking expensive commander you need to get in play tim to jessica 23 fucking lands and a lot of rituals so you really want to get this in play to help you get mana advantage there so it is i, I have been very impressed with it in your decks there but I don't just like throwing this into decks as like a mana advantage piece just as an advantage piece you know what i mean yeah i get that i need to build around it a little bit more specifically like in those decks yeah it has the lotho issue is it doesn't actually stop your opponent from doing anything and it doesn't give you any real additional resources like it gives you the treasure but it doesn't give you any more information it doesn't actually help you on the stack unless to cast the spell that you already have in your hand like but it, it will be the reason why you win games though just like because it gives you the mana to do everything that you need to do in conjunction with one of these other cards draw engines it's like an unstoppable pairing that you have i give it an eight yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna change this 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 says um 6.5 not 5.5 yeah. that says 6.5 the fact that you can use it as a soft win condition and abuse it with wheels i think makes it a lot stronger than some of the other ones because it's not just what it is it's also so much more <laughs> It's funny that it did better than Notion Thief. Weird. We have it doing better than Notion Thief, which I don't... I, you I, rated I Notion Thief a little Notion bit Thief. low because... You know what? I'm, I got to change mine because this is not better than Notion Thief. It's point Maybe it six is. points above Notion I, Thief you know on what? our list Weirdly, right, right now. now, I do like it more than Notion Thief. I oh, rated it lower right. than Notion Thief, but you rated it higher enough that it bumped it up by point six points above I probably, Notion I probably Thief. gave it too high, but whatever. I already locked it right, in. That's what I was you know, If we still have 90% of our list be super fucking accurate all the time, I think it's fine if we have one card that's... And they're always accurate, off. so they've never been wrong besides this.
I don't know. The best three color one might have been a little wrong, but most of them are pretty wrong. Honestly, looking back, I'm like, man, I don't agree with any of this shit. <laughs> really? I watch the podcast. And I go, I'm really fucking smart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what about this gives me any kind of confidence, yeah. but <laughs> it's the microphone. I think that's, that's, what, that's it what it is. Yeah, it's it's fake. What's the opposite of imposter syndrome? <laughs> you think you're way better than you are. Like, ego. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know I should be here. Yeah. <laughs> Overconfidence. I don't have that. Yeah. I don't have that at all. I mean, so anyone who does YouTube has to have a little bit of that. You I, have to have I a little bit of narcissism. <laughs> yeah. Well, who are we to decide? We should be making videos about this. There's no other reason why I could listen to the two of us talk to each other for an hour and edit that. What, yeah, what is the, the opposite of imposter syndrome? Because that is what we have. We kind of have that a little bit. We've been performers like our whole fucking life yeah. with music. And oh, my God. All right, we have a couple more of these. Let's get through them. All right, uh, let's talk about Ledger Shredder. I like this card. Yo, I've been higher on this card a little bit more recently. I just really like it in Underworld Breach decks. I like the card selection aspect. Even though I'm not getting card like true card advantage, you're still seeing the cards. So on top of seeing more cards, getting to sculpt the hand that you need, and getting an aggressively larger flying beater for your Timna deck or to protect you from a Timna deck, like that's all stuff that I'm into. Yeah, you said it all. I like a lot of things about this card. The one thing that I don't like about it is it doesn't actually give you advantage. You have to find the Underworld Breach to use with it in order to gain that advantage or otherwise you're just kind of looting through which is good card selection is nice but doesn't get you ahead and for that reason i think i rate a little bit lower than some other ones that's fair are you ready wow yeah you do rate it lower than some of the other ones 5.5 for Give me it an eight yeah yeah 5.5 i think you're just wrong i might this be this is like one of the first times i'm ever like i think i think you're <laughs> just wrong i i have i like the other one the fairy that draws you a card straight up when an opponent draws a second card <laughs> see now I like i'm actually more. i i thought i was going to and then they printed orcish bowmaster and i totally flipped you know what yeah. And now I'm like way more on yeah. I'd much rather have Ledger Shredder, something that's going to survive, something that like after one pump, I can survive Lightning Bolt and a Braid all of a sudden now too. Yeah, like, it, it can block Crom at a certain point. Like, you do have Orcish know. sunglasses on right now, which I think is a fair spot to be on. Like, I, I, like I'm like i not saying that's wrong to have. I let Opposition Agent blow me out way too much early on. I'm not letting Orcish Bowmaster do the same thing to me. Okay, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. All right, uh, let's talk about Dothy Voidwalker and kind of like go through some of these other black stacks creatures yeah here. the black stacks creatures that we've been getting recently have been fucking all-stars there's such a huge tempo advantage and dothy is a prime example of that not only does it whenever your opponent casts a spell it goes into exile rather than graveyard that in itself is an advantage for you it's just disadvantage for your opponents because stacks. they can't use your graveyard but what it is an advantage for you is it gives you an additional selection of one extra card that you can have from any of the cards that they fucking play you just get to flip through this spell book like you're at a fucking tattoo parlor and yeah. go oh i want this one not only that but you don't have to pay the mana for it if someone dares try to cast an adnaz and it doesn't resolve or even if it does you get to cast that adnauseum afterwards and honestly they will cast adnaz like yeah there's so many of these other cards people are like don't feed mr grimora make sure you pay for asper sentinel nobody goes hey you better not give him mana drain underneath his Dothy Voidwalker because he's going to win next turn. Uh, it's hard to track. It's hard to remember all the things that are under that Dothy too. Even if you announce all your triggers, it's just, it's a lot of times it's staying there throughout the game and it can be hard to remember. Um, uh, not only that, it has shadow. You can get through for damage with Timnan and other things. We don't have to talk about that on all the creatures that are evasive, but just like an extra bonus to this card. Although I have found it's almost always correct. Just don't attack with the Dothy. Leave it available. Leave it available. It's yeah. just better to have it available more often than not, unless you really need that card. Um, I like Dothy a lot, though. There's a card from Hearthstone when I played that this card always reminds me of. It was like this four-mana creature that when it died, you got a random creature from the game. And that's always what this card kind of has reminded me of. It's just a really good creature in play that does something really good. And then when it dies, it's going to get you something else in that case, like another spell. Definitely. Uh, I give it a 9. I give it a 9.5. Yeah. When I'm mulliganing and I see that I can play this on turn 1 in my opening hand, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm doing this. So The effect that it stops your opponents from doing things, like straight up stops, doesn't give them the option like Rhystic Study does. It just, it exiles the card. It does the effect. Your opponents can't pay to not have the card not yeah. exile. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, for that reason, it's it's really good. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Dothy Voidwalker. All right, Nezzle Hall is our next one. This one's a big one. Tyler would be remiss if we did not talk about it. Did I use that word right? I'm not sure. He, he would be a little bit upset if we didn't talk about Nezzle Hall. He would be a miss. A miss. He would, he would miss 
He would Neza Hall, he, if we didn't talk about Neza Hall. Neza Hall is a card that Kinnan can flip into a lot of the times. It is like the better Ristic Study. Your opponents can't pay for it. You just straight up draw the card. It's a Ristic Study that can protect itself, exactly. too. Yeah, you can discard some of the extra cards that you've drawn to exit until in a turn and bring it back. Neza Hall doesn't see play in many decks, but in Kinnan that can flip into it, it's great. And so for that reason, I think we should talk about it because it, it's an untaxable version of that Ristic Study. The effect itself yeah. is very, very powerful. I'm giving it a three because Kinnan and like very niche decks like that are the, really the only places that it sees play but when it comes down like i don't know how i can win those games right i give it a four it just the games that it does get into play and i've seen it a ton with tyler it just takes over so quickly oh definitely um, but really only in that one deck so we have three more four more cards we're going to talk about now okay give them to me we're going to start off our final four with consecrated sphinx another one that another is, tyler card this is another kinnon card basically just he's playing that deck i've seen a couple reanimator lists play it as something that they can reanimate quickly when there is not a way to win the game but you just want advantage and to grind through i think it's fine for that unfortunately it's just it's too much mana to see play in every deck so it has to be a very specific reason this is so funny. See, I'm giving this one a four. I'm giving it a three. It's See, basically I, the same as Neza Hall. I like that it's cheaper and that your your opponents are forced to draw a card on all their turns, so it's not yeah. like they can technically play around it. Honestly, I think you're probably right. Now that I'm comparing them directly in my head, I think I like Consecrated Sphinx a little bit more. Uh, and it even sees play in more decks. You know what? I'm going to give it a four. I'm changing mine. All you're right. right. It's yeah. a four. I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to end it on an eight. I'm going to give it a 4.1, though, because I do think it's better than Neza Hall. 8.1 yeah. we will give Neza Hall. So now... Or consecrated sphinx. Right. Yeah. It's it's it sees playing a little bit more decks, and it's just a little bit better. If you untap with it, you're guaranteed like six cards, which is great. And then you're winning that game. Yeah, that definitely. was like you build your own adnos <laughs> that way. Yeah. With one card. Well, wandering archaic. This one is a dud. I think. I think this is a huge dud. <laughs> Although, if you watch our one of our recent Chiltern videos with Baby Jeebus, I completely forget that I thought I have enough mana. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil it, but this card really. It fucking gets me. It's actually this Childerwind video that just went up this week. That just happened. The second time that we're talking oh, yeah. about it. It was a cool game. Which, how you know, it's it's two hours. Yeah, it's, it's a long game. It's such an awesome game. You got to check it out if you haven't. Um, but the, the what Wandering Archaic does in that game is exactly what Wandering Archaic does in CEDH. When you forget about it, man, is that devastating. Yeah. And when you remember it, it does jack shit. And you spent five mana on nothing. Yes, that is the issue with it is it can be played around. People can wait. People are going to wait. They basically have to wait. A lot of times they have to think of it as a hard stacks piece because all of your counter spells basically don't work. All of your ad nauseum is basically your win conditions. Like it becomes so much harder to do a lot of stuff. Don't overload a cyclonic rift right right uh but the issue is people are just gonna wait until they find removal and it'll just act as a stacks piece and all the reasons that you just said five mana to for it to be nothing can be frustrating sometimes yeah so i'm gonna give it a four i'm pretty down on this um i'm actually probably being really generous 2.9 yeah i think i'm being generous 2.9 i i don't like this one but we there we've talked about worse cards did you purposefully give it a 2.9 so it would end on a 6.9 no but that's nice nice all right let's talk about the one that kind of breaks the rule before we talk about a banger for our final one here give it to me opposition agent oh yeah i think this one counts yeah because this one does count because it's whenever an opponent searches you get a card from their library instead if dothy counts this counts this has a similar thing to what i was talking about the one okay because it's just often it's going to do nothing because everyone's just not going to tutor because it's so devastating to get caught in a tutor with opposition agent so it's a little bit different than dothy in that way because right. like people will still get their card that they put into exile which is i guess why they don't feel so bad about it but when you just don't get the card that you're tutoring for or the land that you're searching for it just doesn't work it doesn't do anything you're fucked yeah the, the different part is that this has flash you can get them at least once and then it's a pretty close to hard stacks piece after that still an advantage piece i think because your opponents lose something whenever they do something and you gain a free thing because of it sometimes you'll get couple of fetch lands and i don't know it, it, it can be good yeah and i just tend to play decks that fall to this card i don't know why i'm saying it, it can be good like you don't know opposition agent is a good card like no it shit it could be good it could be yeah. good it could be bad could be I good man i don't know how cdh goes 9.5 what'd you give it i'm gonna give it a, an 8.9 <sighs> man with the fucking math you're making me do <laughs> oh my god let me it's 8.5 it's 8.5 i can change it no it can be an 8.9 8.9 Plus 9.5. Unless you really don't want it to be an 8.9. It's an 8.9. Okay. That's an 18.4 that it will get then. Great. 
That makes sense. Yeah, that card. I don't know if we have to say anything else about Opposition Agent. That's another card Pretty that we close talk to about for me. every week on the podcast. So if you want to hear more about it, just go click on some other podcast. Yeah, and I think um, Orcish Bowmaster, Dothy Voidwalker, and Opposition Agent have become like the three amigos. The, the three amigos. They're my three go-to's whenever I play Black Tech. I'm like, all right, let me start off with these three cards. Yeah, and then go from there. Exactly. Yeah, me too. Uh, our final card we're going to talk about. Give it to me. What do you think it is? I don't know. We've talked about a lot of the big ones. Yeah. There's another one. Uh, I don't know. That's the first letter that it starts with. You or I? A. Uh, uh, Archivist of Agma. Archivist of Agma. Sure. Yeah. This is a new one. I think the Archivist has been really great. I think so too. Yeah. It's got a opposition agent vibe because of the search their library thing, but you gain life and draw a card from your deck instead of preventing the search. My issue with this one is it competes with Opposition Agent and Aven Mind Sensor because yeah. you're just going to want to search the library and it less. it non-bows with them pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Always. It's, it's, just, it's not great with those cards, other cards you want to be playing, but if you don't want to be leaning into those Staxi type cards, you just want a little extra card advantage. Maybe you were playing Dark Confidant before. I think this card will end up being better than Dark Confidant in Commander. Unfortunately, I love Dark Confidant forever, but this one is just going to draw you probably the same amount of cards, except it'll gain you life instead of losing your life, which and is kind of helpful. And you don't need to commit it. Like, these advantage pieces that you don't need to commit and tap out for, I just think have so much more value that yeah. way, too. You can hold, yeah, there's, someone's going to try to win every game, every turn, all the time. So if you can hold up interaction and last minute when they don't, all right, now I'll put in the, uh, the uh, advantage when it's safe. That can be way better. I don't want to play the game where nobody's trying to win. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, yeah. Archivist of Agma, though, has turned out to be one of my favorite cards from, what was that, 2022? Just like of all time, in all of 2022. That, so. You think it came out in that year, 2022? Yeah, I think that probably sounds right. It, it's so hard to keep. All right, I have a question for you. Give it to me. What was the last standard set? Was it... Is it still March of the Machines Aftermath and March of the yes. Machines? Yes, yes, it was. Okay. I, maybe it was just one of those? No, it was both of them. Lord of the Rings makes it seem like that was set. so fucking long ago. That was a long time ago. There's, there was no core set this summer, I don't think, Because right? they did the Lord of the Rings set, so which is kind of funny. No core set, so we skip a standard set. But nobody plays standard anyway, so... I would like to play more standard. You if like fairies is good standard. in standard, I think it might make standard fun. What is more? Zero times any number is still zero. What do you mean? <laughs> you play zero standard now. Yeah, I would like to play more. Oh, plus. Don't yeah. multiply. Yeah, yeah I'm just not, plus. Yeah, just plussing. I know, but my joke didn't work. 7.5. Oh, my God. What card are we talking about? Archivist of Agma? <laughs> 7. 7.5? 7. 7.5 for me. Probably a little bit high. To be honest, I don't love the card. I'm giving it a seven. Wow. Wow. I, you love the card, and I don't love the card. We're way off on this. I I do love the card. I'm changing mine to seven. <sighs> I just typed in point Take five. it back. All right. Yeah, seven's all the way around. It's a four, total of 14. Card's fine. I don't include it all the time, though. It's fine, and I don't include it all the time. But when my commander does not give me card advantage, it is in my deck 100% of the time, no matter how many opposition and anti-search cards I'm playing. Stranglehold, Straddle, Shadow of Doubt. I miss Stranglehold. You miss it? Yeah, I miss it. It's so bad now. Do you want to rate Stranglehold real quick? <sighs> one. I give it a one. <laughs> yeah, that's our full list. I didn't miss any. I love these cards. These cards, I think, define CDH. They're such a core part of the game now, especially recently. I think they add so much fun, too. They make the game continuing, and they make the stacks extra explosive. Um, should we talk about which ones are the best ones? These ratings? Let's we figure rate, them out. Yeah. Figure out that top 10. I'm curious to like, I want to go back to our second podcast when we talked about the best creatures, and I want to see how many of them are in like the same order on that list as they are like eight months later on this list now. Yeah, probably different. I mean, our opinions change. We even talked about how Orcish Bowmaster like changes our opinions in some of these. That's true. Yeah, that wasn't around back then. And now for the top 10 advantage cards in CEDH. Ding. We will begin the list with number 10 at Notion Thief, coming in with a total of 13.9 points. Archivist of Agma is the number nine advantage piece coming in with a total of 14 points. Barely eking out, Notion Thief. Smothering Tithe at number eight at 14.5. I think that's wrong, but that's all you. Our number seven is Kram, Ludwig's Opus, coming in at 16 points. Our number five. Six. Fuck. 
Our number six is Orcish Bowmaster, coming in at 17.5 points. Our number five is Esper Sentinel, coming in at 17.5 points. Our number four is Opposition Agent, coming in at 18.4 points. Our number three is Dothy Voidwalker, barely eking out the Agent at 18.5 points. Mystic Remora is number two at 19.4. And our only perfect score of the day, our number one card advantage engine, Ristic Study, with a perfect 20. Best card in CDH. Got that fucking shit right. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching or listening. If you'd like to support us directly, you can do so on Patreon like our $100 patrons. Joby Aarons, SoCal Acura, Stormageddon, Cool Bean Man, Luke Cook, AJ Albosebi, Demon of Rosgrees, Kawaja, A. Hamid, Lauren Connell, and Baby G-Bus. If you want to pick up any of our merch, you can do that at playtowinmtg.com. Thank you so much, Dragon Shield, for supporting the show. Make sure you use our affiliate link in the description to pick up all of your Dragon Shield needs. Follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram for more content. Thank you so much for watching. See you next time. The $50 patrons are as follows. Saison MTG, Dalton Poteet, Kadanis, Stashes, Mitchell Shepard, Justin, Mansolo, Nikola Marikovic, Stephen Schlichty, Pedro, C, Jacob Depp, Michael Ballou, Jan Wildfang, Thomas Bueno, Swampy McGee, David Nelson, and Jormax. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.